Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the second Sunday after the Epiphany, and we hear from the Reverend Phil Burchard as he preached from the lectionary, which was John chapter 1, verses 29 to 42. As always, you can find more information about All Souls or sermons by All Soulsians on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. sure why it is, but in these last couple of months, as we've heard in our gospel passages about John the Baptist, I found myself more and more drawn to him, to this person, at least in this gospel, we know as John the Testifier. And uh, to be frank, I actually don't know why I'm so interested (laughs) Is it because of John's uh, very clear teaching? Is it because of his uh, charisma that we can sense even separated by 2,000 years? Is it the way that each gospel has to wrestle with this relationship between John and Jesus? I suppose that in the end, I find myself just as interested in those who choose to respond to Jesus of Nazareth as I am fascinated by the Christ. And specifically, uh, this last week, and this is a big gospel text, there's a lot going on in this story, I've been dwelling on one very small turn that occurs in our passage when John declares to his students that the person who was walking in front of them is actually the teacher, the prophet, the one that they should be following. And it's not him. He actually says it twice in our text, uh, once apparently on his own, and then later with his disciples present. Uh, The first time that John testifies to who Jesus is, we get a a little bit more understanding about why this is so important. And there's a lot of text here. Uh, I just want to focus on one part of it, which is when John uh, bears witness. That's what the text, it's about bearing witness, um, using authority to speak truth. And um, he lets us know all about who Jesus is, but then there's this personal experience that John has that is kind of, I think, this culmination of his life. He says, I saw the Spirit descending like a dove, and it remained on him. And I myself didn't know him, but, but the one who sent me to baptize with water Right? So this is the vision he's received by God. It says, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen this. And I will testify that this is the Son of God. Now again, there's a lot in this passage. But, but here's what I want to pay attention to this morning. 
that John has done all this work in the wilderness and that um, John recognizes in that moment that in the person of Jesus, the sacrificial and protective love of God is revealed. Again, it's what his whole life has been leading up to. It's why John has endured the blazing desert sun. It's why he's uh, somehow sustained himself by eating insects and collecting wild honey. And after months, maybe years of doing this, right here in front of him is the chosen one. Can you imagine giving your life all of your effort and attention, you give that over to something or to someone, and then that moment comes, and you realize that you need to let them go. Several years ago, I was at Grace Cathedral for a diocesan-wide worship service. I I honestly don't remember what the service was or what it was about. Uh, it could have been an ordination. It could have been part of uh, our diocesan convention. We usually have a Eucharist. But what has remained with me ever since is a, is a moment of recognition that took place that day. And that moment happened at a time in our collective life at All Souls when our vocations team was very, very busy. Those of you on the vocations team here today may remember this time. Uh, we were busy in discernment. We had a, a passel of people seeking holy orders. That past fall, the diocesan convention retreat had happened, and we had four All Soulsians attend that retreat of maybe six or seven in total. We had two folks discerning a call to the diaconate and two folks discerning a call to the priesthood. And the practice in our diocese is that whenever there's a, a diocesan-wide service at Grace Cathedral, those who are in discernment, in the discernment process, are uh, voluntold um, uh, that they have the opportunity to, to be ushers and greeters um, at the cathedral. And so that day I entered into a cathedral full of people, and I was delighted to see these four familiar faces. They were bringing people to their seats, they were offering them bulletins, they were bearing forward the bread and wine to the altar. I had this uh, intense feeling of fullness, of pride, as I watched Danny and Ari and Nikki and Tripp. And then in the very next moment, I also had this sense of loss and of sadness because I knew in that moment that this was the beginning of a necessary letting go. These four remarkable, faithful people needed to leave all souls in order to follow Christ. And I had to make myself ready to let them go. have this feeling in my body right now. It's this feeling of beauty and of pain and of hope. 
And I'm wondering if, if it was this kind of a moment for John the witness. Because the next day, when John sees Jesus again, something profound happens. This time, John is not alone. He's standing with two of his disciples, Andrew and, and an unnamed disciple. And when John sees Jesus walk by, once again, John says, Look, here is the Lamb of God. And the two disciples who have been uh, dwelling with John, who have been learning with John, who have been following John, seeing the world through his eyes, they get up and leave him. And they follow Jesus. I believe that John knew that this was going to happen. I wonder if maybe the previous night, uh, after testifying about Jesus during the day, if John spoke with his disciples that night and told them what he had seen and what he believed, so that when his disciples were there with him, he could give his witness and they could follow the Son of God. I find this so powerful because of the depth and the meaning and the identity that is woven into this kind of discipleship. There's an, an intimacy, a, a vulnerability, a love. And that is hard to give up. We often want to hold so tightly to these kinds of relationships. And yet in that moment, John was able and willing to hand over the trust that had been given to him by entrusting his beloveds to someone else. My guess is that this sliver of a moment with John and his disciples has such resonance for me because I have found that these acts of giving people away to be an essential and heartbreaking practice of the Christian life. I felt it in my body that day in the cathedral. I still feel it in my body when I see those four All Soulsians serving with grace and truth and heart. This happens to parents over and over and over again. It's that transition at the kindergarten door that ended with me turning away in tears. It's what happens when we drive away from their freshman dorm room. It's the toast at the rehearsal dinner. Each time we do this, we do this knowing that in order for this new thing to be revealed, we have to entrust our child to others. 
It's how they come to the fullness of their lives. And parenting is but one of the ways this happens. I've seen this kind of loving courage as a pastor so many times. We do this with our friends. We do this with our coworkers. We do this with our students. We do this with our parents. And when that time comes, I've seen this after years of having and holding, we do this when someone entrusts their spouse into the hands of others for care and protection. We do this because we love them. And so maybe it's for us to take heart and to live like John the Witness, to open our hands and entrust our people to Jesus. Doing this knowing that even though their path ahead may yet still bend and twist, but trusting that it's when we let our beloveds follow the way of the one who is love that we all are most fully alive.